Good evening, everybody. This is your host, Huge Pop, from the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. With me is Reek Reek and Nikki D. Our guest tonight is an 80s hair band fan. He holds the IHWE Tag Team Champion. He wrestles for many promotions, SWE and CWF. He is not a fan of the Bible Club. Welcome to the show, Bam Bam Malone. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How about you? Wonderful, wonderful. Can't Thank you for coming man. aboard the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Um, I hope we don't run you off. But um, here we go. Yeah, you're um, good, man. <laughs> so talk to us about growing up as a fan of wrestling. What was that like for you? So the first vivid memory I have of wrestling is, um, I mean, I couldn't have been maybe four or five years old. Um, we had a small, uh, this will tell you how small the town was. The store was called Video and Tan. Um, it was a video <laughs> store, like a like a mom and pop, uh, kind of like a blockbuster type deal. But they also had tanning beds in the back. So you could come rent your movies and get your tan on at the same time. Um, but I remember uh, my parents took me in and I saw the WrestleMania. It was the first ever triangular uh, ladder match. And my parents let me let me rent the VHS tape, and um, I just remember instantly. I thought the guy in long green tights with the long blonde hair was the coolest dude in the entire world. And of course, you know it turns out to be Edge. Um, mm -hmm. And then I saw Jeff Hardy jump off the ladder, and I was just losing my mind. So since that day, man, I, I've I've been hooked. Nice, nice. So who are your favorite wrestlers to watch back then? The, the ones you named, or are there more? Um, I mean, obviously, of course, Edge. And um, I was a diehard Jeff Hardy fan, man. I, I was a huge Jeff Hardy fan. And um, as I got a little bit older, um, I really got into uh, Randy Orton. And, um, I mean, of course, I was a John Cena fan. What kid at my age at that time wasn't a John Cena fan, but... Um, you know, really Jeff Hardy at, at a younger age like that, Jeff Hardy and Edge just just absolutely grabbed my attention. That's awesome. So um, one more question about that part. Do you study any of those specific wrestlers to um, put in an action of what you're what you want to let the fans see what the fans to see? Yeah, um, I mean, Randy Orton is one of the best heels, I think, um, I mean, in, in professional wrestling, period. Um, so I, I definitely study a lot of what he does. Um, and I'd like to think, you know, I try to emulate some of his stuff, um, just the way there's, there's no wasted motion whatsoever in everything he does. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I definitely watch a lot of tape of his, um, of course, you know, Shawn Michaels, um, you know, I, I, I try to watch as, as much as I can, um, tape wise, you know, a lot of times like I'll, I'll just go specifically. I, I, not a lot of times will I sit there and watch a an old pay per view, um, you know, from start to end. But if I see a match that grabs my attention on that pay per view, then I'll you know fast forward to that match or whatever. But um, I mean, it's it's just like football. It's just like anything anything else, man. You you have to to study film to um, become good. You know, you, you none of this stuff that we do is natural. So. Uh, you you have to you have to do that, I man. You have to to study the film. 
I just like to shout out my mom and my sister on the um they're watching from home in Michigan. Hi mom and dad. Hi Kim. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. <laughs> Rico or Nikki D, you got anything for our guest? I was I was gonna tell you so um you know huge pop over there. One of his favorites is uh Baron Corbin, so just well that's who he likes to jack his style off of. Absolutely. Yep. I just not. wanted to say he yep. hates Baron Absolutely Corbin. Absolutely not. Oh, I like man, Baron you're not I like Baron Corbin as much as you like the Bible Club, period. <laughs> <laughs> just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Thanks, uh, I just wanted to mess with them with that. Thanks, Rico. So, uh, the, the name Bam Bam, like, where did that come from, man? Like, man, it's, it's kind of out it's, there. Yeah, it's, um, it's really not as cool, as exciting as, you know, as, as I wish it was, but um, – my my full shoot name is Chase Allen Malone. Um, my parents, for the longest time, were debating between Chase or Blake. Um, my father's middle name is Allen, so it was always going to be Allen. So um, if I were to be named Blake, obviously my initials, Blake Allen Malone, would have been Bam, and they were going to call me Bam Bam. So, you know, as a kid growing up wrestling on trampolines with my younger brother, I was always Bam Bam alone. Oh, I got you. I got you. Mm -hmm. Well, did you have any other uh, sports that you probably or anything else that you probably wanted to do in the future? Or was wrestling always it? Um, so I was huge into football. Um, football was my thing. Um, from seventh and ninth grade, I played football year round. So, um, my my seventh grade year, I played for for the middle school, and then I also played on a select uh, select league team during the fall. So I had two football seasons going on during the fall, and then once that football season was over, once fall was over, I'd also play spring select ball, <clears throat> um, and we would go play at a lot of these like college prep type schools, to where you know ninety nine percent of the kids that go to these college prep schools end up with D1 offers. Um, so we would have the coaches there. And um, so, yeah, I, I was super huge, heavy into football. Um, and like I said, I mean, I, I played five seasons of football, you know, five seasons worth of football from seventh, eighth to ninth grade. So, um, you know, no, I'm sorry. That was more than that. That was uh, between seventh and eighth grade alone. I played five seasons worth wow. of football. So, um, <laughs> you know, I wonder why sometimes my, my knees and back <laughs> bother, <laughs> bother me. I, I just turned 27. So, uh, you know, I, I've been doing this wrestling thing. It'll be nine years in January. Um, Ooh, you wow. know, I, I, I still feel, um, I still feel great, but you know, sometimes when, when you do have some of the lower back pains, I wonder why, but then I realized that I played seven seasons of football in three years. So. Mm -hmm. Make Plus yeah. I'm wrestling it takes a toll. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say. And you've been wrestling for a while, too. And it's just, the, the, you know, the wear and tear on your body. It adds up. Mm -hmm. So you said you're 27? I just turned August 27th was my birthday. So um, All right, another know, August. Mine, mine's the 11th. So uh, you're Leo. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But I, I wanted to ask a question. Actually, it it's you're in 80s hair fan yes that i hear a huge pop right mm -hmm. and it's crazy because like my old my, my oldest daughter is just a little younger than you and uh -huh. she's 
obsessed with the 80s obsessed with the 80s yeah. and i thought holy cow like you could have grew up in that era so what yeah. made you get into that oh dude my dad through and through my dad um okay uh i mean real quick story i, I was in first grade and it was a school night and uh one of my dad's really good buddies had a spare ticket to kiss an aerosmith they were playing out here in dallas and wow. um somehow the word got around to me and i threw an absolute fit i was a pretty good kid i never really caused scenes nothing like that but dude i threw an absolute fit wanting to go to this show and um so i remember my mom and dad i could i could vividly remember sitting there in the chair and seeing them talking to each other they kind of look over and glance at me every now and then talking to each other and then my dad comes over and he's like hey dude look if you go to this concert you have to go to school tomorrow like no ifs ands or buts about it Wow. And uh, so sure enough, he took me to Kiss and Aerosmith when I was in first grade on a school night. We bought a ticket at the box office, and you best believe I was the very first one up that next morning ready for school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and then just, I mean, I was the kid, and, you know, in, in elementary school, I'd walk around with my, my single CD player and headphones and listen to my Poison Greatest Tracks hit, and, you know. Um, I, I was an athletic kid. Um, you know, I, I liked playing sports and stuff, but uh, music is something that, you know, has always been huge to me. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I try to, you know, they always say that the best characters in wrestling are representations of yourself just turn to 12. So um, I'd like to think that's exactly what, what Bam Bam Malone is. Nice. So his, his entrance theme song, Nikki D, is uh, Look What the Cat Dragged In by Poison. So Nice. Yeah, so uh, I like it. I like it. When I, when I first broke in, yeah, when I first broke in, my whole my whole gimmick, my whole spiel was the Youth Gone Wild. Um, so I, I used Youth Gone Wild by Skid Row for the longest time, and then then I got to about twenty three, twenty four, and I was like, you know, man, I've been doing this Youth Gone Wild thing since I was eighteen, nineteen. Maybe I, I need to <laughs> maybe I need to switch <laughs> something up here. Gotcha. So, what's your top five eighties uh, hair band? Um. I'd have to say Skid Row would probably be one. Um, but then after that, man, I really don't. Um, I mean, of course, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, um, Def Leppard. And I even like, you know, like L.A. Guns, Faster Pussycat. Um, yeah, I just I just saw um, I saw Skid Row and Buck Cherry together um, the weekend of my birthday. as my first time, oh. which, of course, you know, it wasn't Sebastian Bach, but but Skid Row was still cool. Mm -hmm. um but then you know i think a couple weeks before that la guns was in town and then i saw faster pussycat for the first time and um so you know i, I try to hit as many shows as i can because i mean let's be real guys those guys live fast lives they're not going to be around forever so <laughs> might as well, they're all, as well as, see them. they're all as old as me i'm the oldest guy on this podcast they're about my age so <laughs> but i bet you they're I bet you their insides or their livers and everything are much, yeah. much older. <laughs> I bet you that. That's facts. If they live that lifestyle, that's for sure. They're, yeah. And, they, say, and let Smith's me tell you, like, a lot of them look like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I believe Aerosmith's doing their final tour. Like they're. Yeah, like man. Some of, some of those guys, like, I mean, geez, how many final tours has Kiss had or how many final right. tours has. <laughs> yeah. How many final tours has Ozzy had? That's exactly know? what I was going to oh, say. Ozzy's just multiple. Ozzy. <laughs> this is the last one. The last yeah. one. 
I saw Ozzy. Yeah, I saw Ozzy perform his last show ever twice. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, 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 live in person, and I got sucked into it. I'm like, it was the last time, and then I went again. Well, dude, even even Motley Crue, I saw them on their original final tour, um, which I should have known better. But you know, of course, they released a movie, and as soon as the movie released and it started getting, you know, gaining popularity, the dirt on Netflix. As soon as it started gaining popularity, I had that, you know, we're I'm a worker, so I, I'm like, mm, I think they're working us here. I, I really don't, I don't, I don't think they're done. And sure enough, they weren't. Nope. Well, it's the entertainment business. So, you know, yeah. they're, they're playing the angle. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what they're hoping. They can pull everybody in, go on that, that mm-hmm. final tour. One band, now, uh, they're an 80s band. I wouldn't consider them a hair band, but you didn't list off Metallica. Yeah, I like Metallica. They're not, um, they're not they, sort of, but they were from that same, they were like young. They're one of the first yeah. bands I heard. Yeah, and they were a different, you know, they were a bit of a different sound. Um, they never <laughs> fed into like the pop, pop bubblegum, eighties hair metal that you know Poison made so popular. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But you know, I, I definitely I, I enjoy enjoy some Metallica too as well. But man, as as cheesy as it is, I I love my Faster Pussycat and Poison and Motley Crue and um, that's man. that's my jam, man. Awesome. That's funny because uh, Nikki D, man, you remember when we were younger, we used to go to the UP. And that was because uh, we grew up in the ghetto, so uh, I never really listened to rock or nothing. And we were uh-huh. out there, and somebody was playing Metallica, and uh-huh. I just got hooked. And then I got yeah. hooked on Guns N' Roses. Then it was yep. Poison, Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, these guys are awesome. <laughs> this yep. is great. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have Those XM radio kill. in my car. I have XM radio in my car just because, man, I spend so many hours in my car, you know? Yeah. Um, and that stays on stays on station 39, Hair Nation, majority of the time. <laughs> there you go. There you oh. go. <clears throat> so how did you get into the business as far as who trained you? Where'd you train at? So uh, I originally broke in um, with the, the CWF guys, um, the Christian Wrestling Federation out here in Rockwall, but how I even got to know those guys was um, uh, my sophomore year. Um, well, let me back up a little bit more. Um, always during the summer, we would have summer training programs in, in middle school and high school. Um, and it was always held at the high school. And um, it was always a program called Athletes by Barnes. And it was a gentleman, Kenny Barnes, and um, his sons would would come and help lead the strength and conditioning program. And um, Kenny would always tell us that he had a son named Brett that was a professional wrestler and that he, he was training, uh, down in Houston at Booker T's place. And, um, at that time I kind of got out of wrestling, um, around like middle school ish time, just because, you know, a lot of my friends weren't really into it anymore. And so, um, you know, I got more concerned with playing football and chasing girls and all that fun stuff. And, um, so he actually Brett the following year, ended up coming and coaching at our high school. And uh, he was he was my uh, defensive line and, and uh, track coach. And uh, so during track season, I would just sit, you know, most of the time, not even participate in the practice, but just sit there and, you know, BS with them back and forth. And uh, he'd tell me stories about, you know, Booker and, um, you know, traveling over to Spain and all this stuff. So um, that very first, you know, sparked my interest. And I remember, uh, one day after track practice, I went home and turned on Monday night raw for the first time in years. 
And it was Randy Orton, the first guy I saw on TV. And, you know, last time I'd seen Randy, he didn't have tattoos and he didn't. And so, you know, I turned on the TV and I'm like, dude, this guy looks freaking sweet. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I, I instantly just got rehooked again. And it was probably about the beginning of my junior year. I, I talked to him. And I was like, hey, you know, um, you know, this may be something that I may actually be interested in pursuing. So. Um, like I said, man, I was super heavy into football. I, I played on varsity as a freshman. Um, you know, my, you know, from the time that I was 12 years old, I thought I was going to go play Division One football somewhere and try to make it to the pros. So um, he was like, you know, go through spring training your junior year, finish off your senior year of football, and, uh, you know, I'll find you somewhere to train. And I went to one day of spring practice my junior year, and the next day I went and turned my pads in. And I, I went and went and told Brett, hey, man, I'm ready to do this. So uh, the summer leading into my senior year, I was 17, summer leading into my uh, senior year, uh, he introduced me to Rob Vaughn and the guys at the CWF because, you know, a lot of training schools won't touch you unless you're 18. So yeah. um, yep. I had to I had to bring my mom down with me and have her sign my life away. And, you know, if I broke my neck, it wasn't their fault. And. Um, yep. and I started, I started training with those guys and then, uh, it was really cool because, uh, uh, Rob would, Rob gave me a spare set of keys to the building. So, uh, Brett and I would go up there and do one-on-ones and that's where I, I picked up a lot really fast working with him and especially like psychology wise, um, working with him. Cause you know, when you have a big group of you know, students, it's, it's harder to talk, you know, nitpicky stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I just got to sit there and pick his brain. And um, so, yeah, man, my, my high school football coach got me into all this. Nice. Nice. Wow. And you said you're from Texas, right? Yes, sir. So I'm, I'm from a, a, a suburb of Dallas, about 30 minutes east of Dallas. It's called Forney. Okay. And mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but they, in Texas, everybody like bleeds football, right? Oh, dude. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was football, football, football. Um, I'll never forget my parents' reaction when I told them, you know, hey, guys, sorry, I, I turned my pads in. And, um, you know, my, my mom was more so like, okay, you know, like do, you know, if this is something you really want to pursue, um, you know, pursue it. And um, my father, you know, uh, love him to death. He's the most supportive. Dude, he he thinks my wrestling is the coolest thing in the entire world now. But um, when I've been so football heavy for so long and I decide, you know, I'm done. Um, I think he definitely kind of questioned, you know, what, what I was doing. And, um, but now, I mean, they, my parents are, are, I'm blessed with that. They're, they're my biggest supporters in the world, man. They, uh, a lot of times they, they live a little further out East. So, um, it's kind of harder for them to make some of the shows, but, um, any of them that they can make, they, they try to make it. That's awesome. That's how I was going to ask you too, if there was any pushback or any, like, are you crazy? Because I, I, I hear, you know, in Michigan football is like football's big, but um, Texas is like a whole other, <laughs> a whole other level. Like you yeah. can see it um, mm -hmm. just from the colleges, you know, like the, the division one programs, like it's mm -hmm. football, like from, from there all from high school all the way up to the pros. Yeah. So that's why I, I was thinking when you made that decision, that was pretty bold. That was yeah, pretty bold. And people looked at me sideways, man. Um, I mean, I've always been a bigger kid. Um, 
so at that point, my, you know, my junior year, when I started wrestling, I was probably, um, I mean, I was like six, three, two fifteen, two twenty, Um, and you know, I remember walking into the head coach's office and I just had my shoulder pads and I had, I had my helmet inside the shoulder pads and I had my pads and he just kind of looked at me sideways and I was like, Hey, we need to sit down and talk. And, um, I told him I was quitting. And he, when he asked why I told him I wanted to pursue professional wrestling and, um, man, I thought he was going to laugh me out of his office. I really did. And, you know, uh, I got that from a lot of the coaches. Um, and it was kind of weird. My, my senior year, you, you go from being super tight and cool with all the coaches and they're stopping you during passing periods and, you know, Hey, what's up Malone? How's it going? To you walk past them in the hallway and they just pretend like you don't even exist. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I, and I know for a fact, you know, I even had, uh, like, you know, some of my peers, you know, kind of looked upon it weird and, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe even made fun of it behind my back. But, um, now, you know, they're the first ones to congratulate me every time I have an appearance on WWE. So I don't know. <laughs> that's adversity right there. So I yeah. respect yeah. that. I respect yeah. that big time because that's, that's a tough thing to do in a football state mm-hmm. to especially yeah. as young as you were, where you would get criticized and they would go, you're, what'd you say? 17 years old. You're 17. Yeah. You, don't, you don't know what you want yet. We know it's what a, you want. Yeah. And I think so many people, you know, expected me to try it out for a little bit and then quit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's just not my attitude, man. Like when, when I seek my teeth into something, you know, I, I seek I'd seek my teeth into it, man. I'm not, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to pursue it to the, to the farthest of my capabilities. And, and, you know, the, uh, however far that takes me, that's, that's how far it takes me. But, um, and I think, you know, I kind of thrive off of people doubting me and, I think that might've been a little bit of it too. And so um, it was pretty cool. My, the, my debut, uh, I don't even want to say debut match. The first time I did anything, it was just a run in. I ran out and I, I beat up the Jesus freak Rob Barn. And, uh, but the, it ended up falling the day of our senior homecoming, like dance. Oh, wow. And um, I actually had uh, a few of my buddies, you know, blow off the dance to come out and, watch me run out with a chair and, and act a fool. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, I've, I've had my core supporters from, from the beginning, but um, uh, I've definitely, definitely had some doubters. Oh, man. Gosh, gotcha. awesome. Yeah. You'll get that though. Yeah. <clears throat> that is awesome. Oh, so I was going to ask you, you, you brought up WWE. Um, I want to say, what was it about October? If I'm correct last year, uh, I believe you're in a match, a handicap match against Braun Strowman. Yes, sir. So yes, how sir. did that come about? Oh, there's a picture yeah. right there. That yes, you? Sir. Yeah, that that is me, man. And I'm pretty sure if if I'm reading that correctly, they said name this team and wrong answers only. And man, <laughs> I I spent about three four days just laughing at some of these replies. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I've got like the wish version of edge. I got Adam page comparisons. Like they, uh, um, yeah, they, they, they tore us apart. Jim Cornette absolutely tore us apart. Um, oh, wow. yeah, it was, it was, yeah, that guy's, <laughs> that guy's something else, but, um, yeah, I, I've oh, yeah. been doing, uh, last year was the first time I'd ever done any kind of extra work with WWE. And, um, I think the, uh, a couple months before then, I'd got to do something on camera for the first time and I was just a medic. So, um, I had three segments. I, I 
checked on, uh, I mean, if I'm correct, uh, I checked on uh, Becky Lynch. And then I had like a one-on-one scene with her. And then um, then I ran out after the main event and checked on Rey Mysterio. And, um, or I checked on Dominic Mysterio. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, like, man, I, I hate the word Mark because, you know, the whole reason any of us got into any of this, you know, wrestler wise too, is because man, we're all marks, we're all fans, right? <laughs> so, dude, when when I'm standing in in the WWE ring with Rey Mysterio in front of twenty thousand people, you know, a, you know, medic or not, eleven year old me is freaking out. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I done I done extra talent work um, for a few months, you know, leading up to that point, and uh, that was in. Uh, uh, New Orleans was when I ended up having a handicap match, but um, I showed up, you know, just as normal. And um, one of the agents came up to me and uh, Louisiana is a state that you had to be licensed in to wrestle. So um, you, you don't have to have a physical, but you have to have your blood work. And uh, every six months you have to turn that into the, to wrestling uh, to the state wrestling committee. And, um, you know, basically just to keep up with your license. And mm-hmm. um, so I knew something was up when when they came up to me and the first thing they asked me was, "Hey, you're licensed in in this state, aren't you?" And you know, yes, sir. And they're like, "All right, we'll go through medical and let us know when you're cleared." So instantly, I was like, "Well, you know, maybe I I, I don't know. I didn't think I had a match." And uh, so I go through, and, and nonetheless with Braun Strowman, right? Um, <laughs> so I you know I, I I go through medical and come out and find that that same agent and. Uh, Say, hey, you know, I'm I'm clear. He's like, all right, cool. Well, you're in a handicap with Braun. And I was like, Braun? Like <laughs> and um man, he he could he couldn't have been um any cooler and any nicer. Um he very cool. You know, he, he he treated us very well and um, you know, he didn't big time us and um, you know, when when we we're doing, you know, kind of going through walkthroughs and everything beforehand, he was a super cool guy. Did you feel those hands? Awesome. What's that? Did you feel those hands? Uh, yeah, yeah. I felt the hands. I felt the splash. I felt the power slam. I felt... <laughs> yeah, he felt everything he me. Yeah, he uh, he gave me a big bill. He literally grabbed me and threw me across the ring. And um, you know that was maybe ten percent me jumping for him, and ninety percent of I was going whether I wanted to go or not. Wow. Um, he, <laughs> he yeah he's he's a, he's a big old dude. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh man, that's awesome though. Like you mentioned that too, like that just that excitement that you feel on the inside. And the outside you have to maintain that professionalism. You know, you have to stay in character. You gotta stay in that moment. Um you ever feel when you were in like when you were a medic, you know, with Becky Lynch or even in that match with with Braun Strowman or whatever the case is, ever feel yeah. like you almost slipped up or maybe like smirked like or Ray Mysterio for crying out loud, you know, when you're out there yeah. like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, you know, I, mean, I, I was I was l- less nervous about the actual match than I was about, you know, doing the medic stuff like that, because, um, dude, I, I'm not a medical professional. So, you know, I am a professional wrestler. I can do that. But, um, you know, what, what am I supposed to do, you know, as a, as a medical professional, you know? Um, So, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I had a split moment where 
um, you know, I'm going back and forth with Ray and I'm telling him, Hey man, like you need to back up so I can check on Dominic. And I'm like, dude, I'm having dialogue with Ray Mysterio in front of a, you know, in a WWE ring in front of 20,000 people right now, you know, like, um, and you know, people can call me a Mark or whatever, but dude, 10 year old me was losing my mind at that point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you said, we all mark out. We do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, that's why, you know, it's why we all watch this, right? You know, we all started off yeah. as fans. Um, so right. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's the point too. That's why I wanted to ask you because I must in um, Cadillac years ago, when, mm -hmm. um, when I used to work in the Indies, and there was this, uh, I was involved in the battle Royal and I was facing Hacksaw was there and Hacksaw Jim Duggan was oh, facing wow. it happened. It cleared out. It was just the two of us. And oh, I yeah. just turned around and it was like to see him. He's huge too. Yeah. And then with those big old hands, he grabbed me and backed me up to the turnbuckle and I couldn't help mm -hmm. myself. I smiled. And it <laughs> yeah. was on, um, it was on like closed cable television too. I was like, you, idiot what are you doing like i completely marked out i he grabbed me i was like ah, and i yeah. tripped and he had to catch me and hold me up <laughs> so yeah. that's why i wanted to ask you that because that's cool you you know you kept it together and on that stage you know in yeah. front of all the fans with big names like that that's awesome yeah mm -hmm. yeah and um i mean it, it was really cool man like, you know especially doing the match with braun but i mean um you know i've had moments like that to myself like i remember being in the ring and um gangrel's music hitting you know and he does the full you know brood entrance and you know i i have to you know have to stay stay cool keep that face on but oh. on the inside i'm like dude this is the coolest thing ever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude this this is awesome just the the theme music and he spits the blood out of the cup mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. like, man this is this is the jam this is it yeah. and i can tell you 2023 and the 2022 and 2023 for the podcast you know we had the opportunity to have ken anderson on the podcast oh wow and i swear to god three days before that i could have been as prepared as i ever could be prepared for it but it yeah the, day, the minute he showed up on the box down here i'm like oh damn you know, yeah, but, but this you just had got to real, but yeah, yeah, this just got real. I was like, I don't know if I can but, do this, you know, but you right, man, start, this is really happening, yeah, right, you know. And so, from yeah. there, we've had Shane Taylor, Alex Kane, guys like from the CWF, guys like you, you just, yeah, you just try to be professional, yeah. I mark out, yeah. I mean, every month, every sad Tuesday, um, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna text from J JT from CWF, and he'll tell me who my next guy is, and I'll mark out, yeah. and I'll go, oh crap. You know, yeah. so it's it's pretty cool. So you know, we all do it. So yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, of course, we all mark out, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it's how you how you you know react to it, correct? Yeah. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's how um, you know, it, it's okay, um, it's okay to mark out, but you know, I said I hate hate the word mark, but it's mm -hmm. okay to mark out, just don't be a mark, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Um, well said. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 very well wait, said. Wait until you're in your house, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait till you get by your yourself car on the way home and be like, dude, I just wrestled on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Good talk, yes, Rico. Ah, uh, so actually, um, talk about some people that we've actually interviewed. Jay Alexander is one of them. Okay, and you had a match about what was it five months ago with him? Oh man, I did. I, we've had two now. Um, 
we had one back in uh man it might have been like april or so and then we just had one this past month um it was the, the day before my birthday yep and uh man jay's awesome jay's great so i, I was gonna ask you man because that that first match you guys had when um mm -hmm. you beat him for the belt so that super kick that really <laughs> like you it looks like you really got him and at the end the finisher uh-huh it looked like you kind of just like you really knocked him sideways because the way he fell down, I was like, man, he really got him with that. He he took it like a pro, man. You would you um he did what he needed to do if if you really think I knocked his head off. <laughs> <laughs> it just watch it. I was like, this is a freaking awesome match. This yeah. is just an awesome match. Yeah, we yeah. we've we've had two really good matches so far, and um those are those are the only two matches that we've had together, but um, you know, it, it kind of comes a little bit full circle. You know, Jay started at Booker's place and, um, you know, that's where the guy who, who trained me, you know, um, started at. So, um, you know, Booker, Booker produces a lot of really good talent, man. And that's no secret to anybody, you know, mm -hmm. um, if, if I didn't have Brett in high school, I probably would have ended up down in Houston myself, you know? Um, so, you know, he, he produces a lot of talent and, um, Jay's no exception to that, man. Jay's 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 awesome. He looks incredible. Um, his intensity is there, and um, you know, I, I I don't see any reason why within the next four to five years that we don't watch Jay Alexander on national television every week. He's good. He's well, great guy. I, what I was touch up on, if you don't mind, he popped there was the uh, man. It looked like a couple of chops he gave you just like really hurt. And so I was, my question was who actually so far has given you the hardest chops? Oh man. Um, Moonshine Mantel. If you, if you gentlemen know who that is, um, he lives in Kansas city now, but he's, he's also a, uh, a Texas boy. He was, he's from down like in the Austin area. And man, when I tell you like this, these dudes chops, like, it's it's almost like a like a, a known thing in the wrestling community is like after he gives you two of them, just curl in a corner. Don't allow him to give you that third one. <laughs> like he God, he just chops so hard. And um, you know, I I've been told I give pretty good chops too, but um I, he's one guy I don't want to go toe to toe with in, in chops. Um, you know, I, I went back and forth with Jay. I've gone back and forth with Barrett Brown who, who can chop the heck out of you. But, um, when it, when it comes to, to moonshine Mantel, I, I will just not throw a chop. I know better. <laughs> kind of reminds me of like someone like a, like, like big show, man, just that huge hand chopping. Oh up. yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's not even, I mean, moonshine's definitely gives off sound, but you hear the thud. And um, anybody who, who's ever been a worker before knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say you hear the thud. Like, it's mm -hmm. just, uh, you just, you just feel it through your sternum. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> make the hair stand up on the back of my neck just thinking about it. Like, yeah, that exactly. Hurt. It hurts. Yeah, it's, it's not even the loud pops that hurt. It's mm -hmm. the, it's the thuds that, that'll get you. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> that just sounds like it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how important is fan interactions um, for both during the match and after the match is over? Because I know how CWF mm -hmm. does their thing afterwards with the fans. So in the media, yeah. how important are fans to you? And 
I mean, man, they're they're the whole reason we put on these shows, right? Um, if we had if we had nobody coming to the shows, then you know none of us would be doing this. So, um, you know, you you have have to find find times to, to interact with the fans, and um, during the match, it's it's unquestioned. You know, um, you absolutely have. That's the they're the ones that we're telling the story to. You know, it's not it's not about trying to ooh and all your friends that are behind the curtain. Um, you know, it's about getting getting that crowd reaction, getting them invested. And, um, you know, it's I, I'm I'm not telling any secret here. Um, you know, wrestling is a work, and I think just about everybody knows that. Um, but if you can get them for that split second to turn that off in their mind and just be invested in what's going on in the ring, then and that that is the absolute best feeling in the entire world. Absolutely. Yep. So, are there any crazy fan interactions? Any things that went crazy that you? Oh man, yeah, I've had old ladies spit on me in Tennessee. Um, I've been uh, followed out to my car um, a few times. Um, yeah, some, you know, some wrestling fans just don't know when, when to turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) So now last thing on the fans from my end, are the fans in a secular, like SWE, uh, promotion, are they different than the ones that would come to a CWF? Yes. Um, but you know, we bridge that gap a lot because, um, yeah. And I think a lot of people, just from hearing the name CWF, you know, Christian Wrestling Federation, I think a lot of people instantly in their mind goes, oh, well, the, the quality of wrestling is not going to be that good. You know, um, it, it's just, you know, they're, they're not focused on, on the wrestling. It's not going to be a very good show. Um, but when people see, you know, what we put out online and see the, the stories that we tell, um, you know, that's where we grab their attention and then, um, you know, then then allow them to to hear the message as well too. So um, that's a really cool thing about about Christian Wrestling Federation. And, and man, like I'll put this against anything. We have one of, if not the best, monthly running shows um, in the DFW area. Um, I would put our product against anybody else's in the DFW area, and that's no disrespect to anybody in the DFW or surrounding area, but that that's how much I believe. Um, in our product, and, and you know, that's just how good it is, man. Okay. I think Rico yes, yes. and Nikki. I don't know if Nikki D's on board, but I think we're thinking about coming down to uh, Rockwall on December of 2024 to be commentary at the cage. Yeah, match. Uh, so. yeah. So, Come on down, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely marinating on it. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it's a good time, man. That 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 whole show. Um, you know, it's a cage show. So from the first match to the main event, every single match is in, in the cage. So it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a different thing. Um, you know, it's something that the hardcore Christian wrestling Federation fans maybe have never seen before, you know? Um, so we don't do a whole lot of, you know, weapons and we don't do a whole lot of, uh, you know, extreme type wrestling, but, um, every December, we put those four walls up around the ring and have at it. Awesome. So you, you plan on being there next year, 2024? I plan on being there in 2024. I'm glad you guys aren't coming down this December because I won't be there for it this year. Um, I'm a little bummed for it. It's the first cage show I've missed. I've missed 
um, gosh, man, I think since they started doing the cage shows a few years ago. So um, I won't be there for this one, but if you guys are there for 2024, I'll be there too. Anybody so, else? Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask you, man, the, the Triple G's, the, the Gold <laughs> Girls Glory. Yeah. And, and to me, that's almost like a uh, – did you get that someone like that from um, like Rick Fla- Rick Flair's, you know, limousine, limousine riding, jet flying? Honestly, man, it's a complete Motley Crue ripoff. <laughs> um, complete Motley Crue ripoff. Um, when I first broke in, um, I had a tag team partner, uh, Jackson Stone, and uh, I, uh, Bam Bam Malone and Jackson Stone. We were BB and J, and uh, one of the you know one of our monikers was was Gold Girls and Glory, and uh, we were heels. We were always heels and. Um, it was, it's just, it's just the three G's of life, man. Gold grows in glory. What else do you need? And, um, so once I stopped doing so much of the, the youth gone wild stuff, I kind of transitioned more over into that. And, um, if you've ever seen any of my t-shirts or anything, man, it's a black t-shirt with pink neon writing. It looks just like the girls, girls, girls logo on the, yeah. on the Motley Crue album. <laughs> I so, saw that. Um, <laughs> hey man, you know. It may not be completely original, but it's original to wrestling. So <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. There you go. I was just, yeah. I was just curious about that. That's yeah. pretty sweet, though. Yep, gold, girls, and glory. I like how you have on your trunk. You got the triple G's right there. Yep, yep, yeah. The, on my, I have it on my tights, and then um, I had a couple of new pairs of uh, trunks made where um, I had a, I have a black pair that has the gold writing on the back, the gold girls and glory. And then, um, I have a, uh, a gold pair of course, and a, a blue pair as well. So I'm always very colorful with the gear, man. I, I don't like just wearing, you know, it seems like every independent wrestler since the beginning wears either black or red. So, um, I try to, I try to mix it up some with my colors. Talk about, rip, talk about ripping off. We, uh, one of our shirts that, um, Nikki D's wearing is a rip off from the Usos. I mean, yeah, they one ish, and then I have another one up here. It's the NWO HPWP for life. So you know, it's okay. Well, it's okay know, to rip off. Hey, those jerks. Those uh, something tells me those jerks in the Bible Club didn't didn't quite come up with that on their own either. So <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not big fits on here. Now wait, 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 Whoa, wait. Hang on. That deserves this. <laughs> in all seriousness though man um johnny's one of my best friends in in the entire world um and i remember when he came to me with that idea i was like man are you sure because you know there's there's already so many bullet club ripoffs in professional wrestling and um Man, I tell you what, he he did it and he's made it his own. And dude, Bible Club is over. Those kids cannot get enough of, of Bible Club. So you mentioned Johnny Lawless, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about when you and Johnny Lawless met? Well, no, I'm sorry. Can you let's go back? Can you talk about the the punch that you give Johnny Lawless in that corner and the um, CWF promo um, thing that at the tail end of that, you're like, 
smacked him really hard. Yeah, I've smacked Johnny a few times, man. Um, sometimes, <laughs> a, sometimes a little bit, a little bit stiffer than I uh, than I've meant to. My, I think my favorite, my favorite Johnny story is we were uh, we were working together at CWF one time, and um, I had him in a chin lock, and uh, <clears throat> I whipped my hair, <clears throat> whipped my hair over in front of his face to call the next spot. And he's been bald for some time. So I guess it's been a little while since he smelled shampoo and conditioner. And right in the middle of me calling the next spot, he just stops me and goes, man, your hair smells amazing. (laughs) And I just, I didn't sell whatsoever. I just said, thanks. Anyways, (laughs) just went right back, (laughs) right back, right back to what I was saying. But yeah, Johnny. Johnny's an awesome man. Um, he's a man of God. He's just, he's a great friend, man. He, uh, he would take the, take the shirt off your back. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to, to really interview him, um, and talk to him, but man, he, he's got a story. The dude's dude has done a lot in this life between Olympic figure skating and, you know, touring with Disney on ice. And so, um, you know, he, he has a lot of, a lot of life knowledge that, um, you know, he's, he's close to, close to if not about 10 years older than me and um you know he's he's passed on a lot of information and i'm super thankful for that guy awesome awesome yeah i was gonna say too you talked about the cwf and how some people hear the the christian you know part of that though by christian wrestling federation and they might go i don't know if i want to give it a chance Mm -hmm. um it makes me think like if we go back to music for a moment there was mm-hmm. a group that, which you guys probably have all heard of, Skillet. And mm-hmm. it was like, wow, I wonder what, you know, they would be like, oh, they're a Christian group and this and that. But if you see them, and I've had privilege to see them live. Yeah. My wife has seen them like five times. Yeah. But I saw them in concert. It was like, wow, just yep. wow. Like, so that was the cool thing that you said that because you never know how good it's going to be. And some people get turned off because they automatically they think, well, you know, just like music, they'll think, Oh, Christian music, that might be boring. Like Christian wrestling, yeah. that might be boring because they're not going to have, you know, dropping all those F bombs and all the, you know, scandal yeah. women and all that stuff. But you don't know how good it is until you actually give, give it, it a, a shot. shot and you watch exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and to me, man, um, I, some of these guys that you know are dropping the f-bombs and a promo or whatever like dude if you can't get over without saying a bad four-letter word then you're just not very good (laughs) you know if if you have to cuss and scream at the crowd to to get them to to boo you then Mm -hmm. you're just not a very good heel um and you know of course starting out starting out in the the cwf um i don't think i've i've ever cussed in a single promo even outside of cwf just because you know you have that instilled in your head and and once you get to a point where you know you realize why would i even do that you know it to me it it, you know whether you're a heel or not like it's just intelligent it's it's not intelligent man it's just it makes you sound dumb like there's so many better ways to get your point across without saying the F word or, you yep. know, um, so why, you know, there's, you don't see them do it on, on WWE. 
and they're the biggest wrestling company in the entire world. So exactly. why does your why does your independent promotion that draws thirty five fans a, a month need need it? They don't. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so cut a good promo. Yep. And and a lot of times, man, that's a bigger turnoff <laughs> to fans than you know even the thought about you know being preached to at a Christian show. You know what? What if you take your you know seven eight nine year old daughter to a show and the opening match a dude comes out there and starts dropping f-bombs and i'm not taking my kid back there Mm-mm. and i get no. that I, I get that my brother and i'll have debates over this you know one of the yeah. probably the, the best heels in the business would probably be that everybody would say it'd be mjf but yeah. i'd like i'd mm-hmm. love to see mjf cut a clean promo that's you know what i'm saying let's and let's i know it. he could Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and yeah, and dude, he is uber talented. I mean, obviously, he there's is. a reason he's he's in the position that he's in. Um, and I mean, obviously, he's doing something right, and he's doing something better than I am. That's why he's in the position he's in. So I don't necessarily know if I'm in a position to criticize him, but if I did have anything to say, yeah, I, I think I'd have to agree with you. Is like, man, like, dude, you were so talented, but and. Yeah, that's a whole nother spill. Yeah, but right. I, I, I agree exactly <laughs> what what you're saying. Yeah, it kind of right, it right. kind of seems that that whole company as a whole um, yes. kind of tends to to yeah. take the cheap way out sometimes. But yeah, look at uh like John Cena it was great on the mic. I, yeah. I think what I've you've heard him cuss once or twice. You know, out of all he's the maybe, years he's been doing. Yeah, he has yeah. maybe rarely. maybe said ass or yeah. you know <laughs> yeah um, he rarely ever you know and he he would resonate with kids yeah. and so many of the kids so that was the audience and you had people that you know they're like oh you should go heal you should do this and do that but, but he he kept he just kept it clean he kept yeah. it pg and there's nothing wrong just like you said too bam bam about bringing your kids to the show you know you wrestling is still geared towards the younger generation and why would you want yeah. to take them somewhere and where guys are you know just swearing and and you hear all the the language like if there's language i wouldn't use around my kids then why would i take them you know to watch something where people are using language that i wouldn't use so it's, yeah and at the end of the day man like dude the attitude era was cool the attitude era was awesome. We will never have another attitude era. No. So mm-hmm. um, it it'll, it could never be duplicated. Um, you know, like it or not, it's 2023 and things, some things have changed since 1997 and 1998. Um, so yep. you just, and even in the attitude era, man, w- did you ever hear them, you know, dropping f-bombs on national television no, no. Nope. <laughs> you know no no, no. people only did seem... that yeah <laughs> they only did that when they were like i hate to use the word desperate but when they were really trying to get you know i remember wcw when they were in that tight real world ratings battle you had people yeah. like kevin nash went on there and he started saying other choice words and i was like whoa yeah. they're saying that on live tv and all that is is just a way to like shock value. They're just trying to get shock value, and that's just their way of like, okay, we're gonna do this, but nah, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. last, and it and they do it look all the time. What's that? And, and to me, man, so look how it worked out for them. Yeah, yeah, and and to me, like it it just it makes you seem unprofessional. It makes you seem small time, like you know it it doesn't and. 
you know, and I'm going to sound hypocritical here because one of my favorite segments of all time is the the DX where they uh, they read off the letter from USA Network. Oh yes, um, yes. But yes. but you know, every everything was bleeped out, and um, but yeah. you know, yeah. and again, it went with it made sense. You know, um, huh. it wasn't just it wasn't just saying the f word just because you're not intelligent enough to to find another word <laughs> right, right. they were going along with what was going on and exactly yeah yeah the bigger picture the bigger picture and remember too in the attitude era one of your one of your crazy how good of a heel he was was kurt angle and kurt angle was basically the 80s baby face yeah. he was yeah, the 80s exactly. baby face yeah but he was a heel yeah. Because he just and he it was it was magic like it just worked so well. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to ask you um, a little bit ago, and we we got into talking about this, but everybody has stories, okay? And you you travel around, you've been all over the place, and and I hear this from a lot of the people that I used to work. What is your craziest road story that you have? Oh man. Well. Maybe, maybe if you guys ever have me on an X-rated podcast, I can, I can tell some of that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, man, I've gotten to spend some time around Chase Stevens and um, uh, the natural, you know, Chase Stevens. And um, I've gotten to become uh, really good friends with uh, Cassidy Riley, um, his, his former tag team partner in TNA. But, um, man, I, I tell you. Chase Chase Stevens is a wild man and an absolute character. And um, man, I've seen that dude in bar fights, and um, we've you know shut down bars together. And um, you know he's a, a lot of my without going into to much further detail to get me in any trouble. <laughs> um, it would it would definitely it it have to involve him in some some sort way or manner good enough i'm not you're right to, i'm not i'm not trying to indict myself on no um, i would not that guy's alive so i met uh i met him at uh xiw in extreme impact wrestling yeah. over here in panama city uh-huh but with, with i don't know if you name know the names adrian whisper and jackson yeah. slade okay uh-huh. Real good, real good friends of mine. And um, last okay. year they had Chase Stevens in as a bodyguard to Adrian Whisper. And okay. That boy is huge. He is a mm-hmm. blast to be around. I got to hang out with him before the match and stuff. But that yeah. guy is something else. And dude, he couldn't be. A, he couldn't be a nicer guy. No, you're exactly right. This guy was and, phenomenal. And he's dude. He's legit. Like he was a Golden Gloves boxing champion. I mean, the, he is legit wow. and i've i've seen him show how legit he is um and you know just because he's a super always you know go with the flow he's yeah. here to have a good time um don't cross him <laughs> he had a he had a match that night with damian wayne and uh, damian wayne is the man yep those yes those guys went at each other and so damian yep. wayne's another personal friend of mine and it's sad to see that he's he hung up the boots um two bad knees uh yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be missed in the Indies for sure. But dude, he has gotten to do some such cool things, you know, in in the film industry with the movie Heels and, yeah. um, you know, he's and he's another one, man. Like, couldn't be a nicer guy. And 
Um, you know, Damian Wayne, he's, he's a true worker. He's a true professional wrestler. And, um, you know, they're, they're, I think a slogan that a lot of those guys use, um, Chase and, um, Francisco Siazzo, if you guys know who that is and Damian Wayne and, um, you know, they're, they're, they say they're the last of a dying breed and, mm. um, they truly are, man. They, they really are. They, they don't quite make them like they used to. And, um, you know, I try to, I try to hover a little, you know, around that just because man, like I, I got to be around those guys at such a young age and, mm-hmm. um, you know, those guys walk into a room and instantly grab attention. And to me, you know, not every professional wrestler needs to look like not every professional wrestler needs to be six, five and 300 pounds and 4% body fat, but you also shouldn't look like Joe blow who just walked in off the street and you know, chase Stevens, Damian Wayne, if those guys were to walk into a room, they're instantly going to grab the room's attention. So that was a question I was going to ask. How important is it for you guys in the back to pay mm-hmm. attention to these guys like Damien Wayne, like Chase Stevens, these vets that come in that a lot of these indie promotions call on these big time vets, you know, because this, yeah. like this month, Austin Aries is going to be in um, Panama City and with XIW. How important are these guys, are, should you guys in the indies gravitate like you used and pay attention to what they're saying? Dude, it's free education. Why would you not pick their brains? Um, yep. You know, uh, so many of those guys are willing to give knowledge. And, you know, back in the day, that's that's how you learn. You would get in the car with these guys and drive, you know, 10, 12 hours at a time and just shut up and listen. And, you know, so many of these newer kids and newer guys just think they know everything, man. And, um, you know, that's where I learned, you know, less is more. Um, you know, working with those guys, you don't have to do 47 four fifties and, um, you don't have to kill yourself to tell a story and get the crowd involved. And, you know, that's something that I learned, you know, watching chase and Damien and watching those guys work, man is, um, dude, I would go out there and murder myself and then watch them main event the place and have the place just rocking and I maybe got, you know, three claps during my match. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm doing something wrong here. Um, so, you know, it's just, yeah, it's it's free, man. Sit there and watch. Talk to those guys. Because nine times out of ten, those guys are willing to talk to you back. Mm-hmm. Yep. You said free knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. So, yeah, uh, actually, I just want to ask real quick. So what is kind of what's your end game? Like your – is there a future organization you want to be with, like uh, AEW, WWE, or Impact? You know, man, I, I would, I would love to do this full time um, and travel and take this to the furthest of my ability. Um, I'd be lying if if I were to say that you know WWE wouldn't be my ultimate goal because I mean I think you know ninety five percent of us get into this business with that mindset. Um, I mean, it's the, it's the biggest company in the world to work for, and it's never not going to be the biggest company in the world to work for. So they have the biggest global presence, um, you know, and especially with this merger and everything that just went down, it's just going to get even bigger and faster. And so, um, you know, I, I would absolutely love to land there one day 
Um, but honestly, man, I I enjoy the heck out of this. I love it. And if I could get paid to wrestle and travel the world, then I would be one happy camper. Gotcha, gotcha. Nikki? So my question is, you're, you're young, okay? Mm. Um, do you put are you just going all the way until you you make it or do you have maybe like i hate to a lot of people in the business don't like to hear the plan b yeah but have you ever thought of a plan b like okay i'm gonna push it and things start hurting or my body starts giving out and things like that do you have something else that maybe you have a passion for that that you would do or even that you want to do even after you make it you you go yeah. okay i've made it I work for WWE or whatever, and and now mm -hmm. I'm gonna go do this. What would that thing? Now be? what? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I have other interests outside of wrestling too, and I, and I think that is very important to do. Um, you know, some of these guys, you know, and I don't want this to sound like a bad thing because it's not, you know, but they eat, sleep, breathe professional wrestling. Um, and yes, I could see where that can be a plus, but at the end of the day, man, this stuff ends for everybody, right? So they're they're going to find themselves sitting there not knowing what to do when it does end. Um, so, you know, I, I have so many interests outside of um, professional wrestling. Like, um, honestly, man, like my, my absolute favorite sport in the entire world is motocross. Um, I grew up riding and racing motocross. I keep up with motocross, like on the professional level, like, Dude, I even play like motocross fantasy games with my buddies and like it's <laughs> it's like it's stupid. So, um, you know, I think the coolest thing in the world is, you know, if I if I end up making some money in professional wrestling and um, are able to put some money aside, I would love to start up my own team and go, you know, get some riders and let's go race on a professional level and see what we can do. Um, there you go. But, you know, I've. And, and that's just, I, I've never wanted to live like a nine to five. Um, I never wanted to, you know, and um, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I, I've just always seen myself doing something else, you know, um, something more. And so, um, you know, whether that's traveling the world wrestling or, you know, traveling the United States, supporting a small motocross team, you know, um, I just, I don't know, man, our, our, Time on this earth is so limited. I just want to do some really cool stuff. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Positive way of looking at it, mm -hmm. man. Um, yes, I was told a story by um, JT. Maybe it can help. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to share it if you could. You had probably one of the most coolest things happen to you, in my opinion, with Johnny Lawless. Mm -hmm. You guys were in an airport, and you were able to meet Scott Hall. Yeah, man. Um, we... Wow. We were, and this was just a few months before he passed. Um, we uh, we had just landed in Atlanta, and we were we had had an atrocious day of traveling, and we we're just trying to find somewhere to eat. And um, we we're walking. There's like a little food court, and then there's a little bar in the center, and there's some like stands and just different stuff all around the little bar. And, um, so we're just kind of scoping out, seeing, you know, what's over there to eat. And, um, all of a sudden from behind me, I hear, Hey, where's that promotion out of? And I'm wearing a Christian wrestling federation shirt. 
And so I turn around to answer the gentleman and I just stopped dead in my tracks. <laughs> and I just sat there and stared at him. And Johnny does the same thing. He turns around and he goes, oh, we're based out of... And just stopped. <laughs> and we both just sat there and looked at him and Mr. Hall just kind of, uh, hey, what's up? My name's Scott. And I was like, yeah, I know. Your name, <laughs> your name is Scott. You were Scott Hall. And um, he was sitting there uh, with the lady. And so I, I assumed that, you know, they were together and, and I didn't want to, hey, it's cool to mark out, but don't be a mark, right? So I didn't want to stand there and pesterize them. And so we kind of chit-chatted with them a little bit and kind of told us what we we're, you know, what, what it was about. And, um, you know, we're a ministry-based company in the Dallas area. And um, then we, we kind of just politely excused ourselves and, you know, wish he had a great night. And, you know, Johnny and I stepped back and we're standing at the table. And we're like, dude, that was Scott freaking Hall. And, um, well, we soon realized that he wasn't with her, that um, he was by himself. And they just happened to be sitting next to each other because I would see them. He, um, he would sit there and he'd kind of pick at his food a little bit. Then he'd just glance up at the TV kind of pick up as you know pick at his food and he'd pick up his phone kind of scroll then look at the tv and um johnny was the one that was like hey man i i think we need to go back over there and talk to him and i was like all right cowboy you take the lead on this because i'm not approaching him twice and uh <laughs> so sure enough we went over there and man he couldn't have been more welcoming um we almost missed our ride for our pickup because we sat there and talked to him for like an hour hour and 15 minutes um, you know, he's just telling us about, you know, old school stories with, uh, you know, him and Sean and traveling together. And, um, the one piece of advice he, he gave us was always stretch. He said, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It could be a 30 second run in always warm up. So you best believe before every match now I'm back there, which, you know, I always did before, but Hey, if Scott Hall tells you to do something, you do it. So I'm yep. back there stretching and warming up and, um, man, we got the, we got to pray with him. Um, and one of the, the one big regret that I have there is, um, you know, we asked for his contact information and, you know, if, if he would be interested and in possibly coming to CWF and sharing his testimony, because man, if anybody's ever seen anything about him, the, the dude had a testimony and, um, he, he said that he'd be, you know, he'd be interested. And um, so Johnny put his phone number into uh, Scott Hall's phone. And I remember sitting there looking at Johnny put his phone number in. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, Johnny, for the love of God, please, please press call. So we have his number. Because you're, you're just going to be Johnny from Atlanta airport and Scott Hall's phone. And you're yep. never, we're never going to hear from him. And so as soon as we walked off, I said, did you press call? And Johnny was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, dude, why did you not press call? So we had his number so we could reach out to him. Cause I, I could tell he was going to, I could tell he, he might, I, he was definitely hesitant, um, you know, to, to even kind of open up to us and, you know, and, but when he did, um, man, he just poured his heart out to us and, you know, and, shed a few tears and, you know, allowed us to pray with them. And man, that was, that was one of the coolest moments in my life so far was, wow. you know, getting to sit there and, and I know it made an impact on him 
and and that was the coolest thing you know out outside of wrestling um Mm -hmm. you know we we were able to spiritually you know positively impact scott and um you know god god rest his soul he he could have been nicer than us and you know of course we had asked for a picture so he stood up put the toothpick in stood on his tippy toes and took a picture with us (laughs) nice that is nice man that is amazing story amazing it was really cool man i can tell you i can tell you right now um uh, CWF has been a game changer. At least I know mean, for myself speaking, I can. I talk Rico, Nikki, dot Nikki, Nikki like waits on. I know I hear from him Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Man, are we going to have CWF? And so Nikki's always loving the CWF. Rico loves the CWF. I can tell you. Yeah. I work with I work with kids and uh, wrestling podcast gives me an, an hour and a half of to get away from real life. You know. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and CWF is was it's been a game changer for me. I mean, every time I come into a CWF um, interview, you guys have something cool to say, and even to hear just that you that you were an influence on Scott Hall. Yeah, you know, so he <laughs> changed, he shared his testimony. So, if it's all right to ask you, um, I'm sure you have some kind of testimony that could you share that testimony? Do you feel comfortable sharing that testimony? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, um, I, I wish I had a, um, you know, a super interesting testimony, but I um, mean, you know, I grew up in a, grew up in a Christian household and, um, always had, you know, loving and, and adoring parents. And, um, so, you know, we, we all stray at times and, um, you know, Donnie has been huge on that and, you know, really drilling it into my head as of, Hey, you know, um, whether I was 22, 23 years old, you know, Hey, it's okay to have some fun at, you know, at, at your age, but, um, don't lose sight of, of what's really important. And, um, you know, Johnny, Johnny has been a huge influence on me. Um, like I said, he, he, he really is one, one of my best friends, not only in wrestling, but, um, in, in real life as well. And, um, you know, I've, I've had some some pretty dark moments. Um, you know, I, I tore my ACL um, in August of 2016. Um, I was supposed to leave for November of 2016 and go stay a month in Germany and wrestle in Germany and a few other places in Europe. And um, so I had to miss that. And then um, just a few months after that, uh, I had a cousin pass away. Um, we were only about six months apart. Um, he, he unfortunately overdosed on heroin and passed away. Um, so I kind of just got hit, you know, one, two, um, and, and unfortunately the way I, the way I dealt with that was I kind of got lost in the bottom of a Jack Daniel bottle for a little while. And, um, and you know, the, the CWF really helped pull me out of that. And that's, the, you know, around the time that, uh, I had met Johnny before then, but it was kind of around that time that, you know, we actually started clicking and. Um, you know, I, I really think he could see that I was struggling. I was hurting. Um, but man, and I was, dude, I was, a, I was a 20, 21 year old kid, dude. I didn't know how to, you know, really talk about that. And he gave me a safe place to, you know, open up and talk about that. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for, for the CWF. I really am. Um, not only are they just a group of solid, genuine guys, um, cause I mean, man, that's hard enough to find 
um, nonetheless in professional wrestling, but in life in general, right? Um, it's hard to find, you know, people who, who, excuse me, um, who don't have an ulterior motive. Um, you know, they're just there because they want to see you succeed. So, um, you know, just like anybody else, I, I've dealt with dealt with my issues, dealt with my problems, but um, you know, I've always just turned back to, to what I know and um, always helped. You know, it's always dug myself out of those dark holes. Anybody have any more close before he closes? <clears throat> no, I just want to say I appreciate your time and thank you for everything, man. And I keep yeah, can't absolutely, wait to guys. Yeah, thank you. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me on, man. This was this was an absolute blast. Any anytime you guys would like to have me on, just let me know. Nikki, do you got anything? I was gonna say it's one of easily one of my favorites. One of my favorite interviews. Love your testimony. Um, and one of my favorite things I, I didn't get to speak on it earlier, but when you talked about the importance of telling a story mm-hmm. without jeopardizing your your morals and your character. Mm-hmm. And all yeah. those things. To me, you're one of those people that, and I know you're only 27, but you have the mind of somebody who's who's like old school, and could mm-hmm. actually talk to you know this younger generation. And say, hey, you know, it's not about doing all these crazy spots and and wrecking yourself physically. You know, it's it's telling a story. You have that maturity, you know, mm-hmm. and it probably it's all the things that you've gone through to get to where you are right now. So yeah, just thing. I I respect that a lot. I respect you, and I definitely definitely thank you for coming on. Is awesome. I I really appreciate that, man. That that means a lot. Bam Bam Malone, um, I think appreciate you taking your time out of your schedule. Um, again, I mimicked uh, what Reek Reek said and Nikki D said. Um, love the stories, love the testimony, love your positivity. Not you know. Um, so, what do you want the fans to know about Bam Bam? Um, do you have a model of life, and is there any warnings to any of your competitors coming up that uh, you need to let them know? Well, I mean. Warnings to my competitors, um, you know, hey, guys, before you step in the ring, you know what I'm about. That's three Gs of life, gold, girls, glory. And if you plan on standing in my way of any of those three Gs, lights out. You're done. (laughs) There you go. Straight from Bam Bam Malone. Thank you, sir, for showing up tonight. I appreciate um, all your – all the stuff you do. I appreciate your – willingness to be here and again thank you for everything mickey d recreate i'm um, bam, bam just stay on i'm gonna play the closing songs just stay and uh, we will talk to you in the lobby cool right. sounds good gentlemen yeah.